0: Hello, wonderful podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you during these challenging and critical times. I am sending you all of my love, support, well wishes through the airwaves to you and your family. This time has caused... A crazy influx for me and my life. And I'm doing my best to bring you the best episodes and guests possible. And so if you want to support the show, please share episodes. Please leave a review in iTunes. Consider becoming a patron and go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and that helps immensely. Also, join the Academy. You'll get access to the amazing Soul Compass course with your membership, and the membership is only 33 bucks, and right now you can pay whatever you want. If you wanna join the Academy, just let me know what you can pay. Would love to have you as a member. Just send an email to matt at um, Leave a review and just do whatever you can to get the podcast out there. It helps immensely, and I'm gonna be bringing you a lot of episodes to the best of my ability during these times to help empower you and your family. Um, So the last thing that you can do and it's the most important thing now is to do three kind acts a day. Go out of your way to do it and resist the urge to tell anybody. Be the light in your community. Reach out to friends. Send a kind note. Make people laugh. Think of creative ways to empower your friends, your family, and your community in these times. So thank you so much for being here. I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. So before we dive in, let's come into a powerful state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose and fill every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with joy, connection, empowerment, faith, courage, and ready to take on this incredible episode. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a gastroenterologist and internationally recognized gut health expert who wants to help you tap into the incredible healing power that lives inside you, your gut microbiota. His medical training involved 16 years at America's elite institutions. He completed a bachelor's degree from Vanderbilt University, a medical degree from Georgetown University, and a master's in clinical investigation from Northwestern University. He was the chief medical resident at Northwestern and the chief gastroenterology fellow at UNC, and received the highest award given by both his residency and fellowship. He also completed an epidemiology fellowship at UNC's prestigious Gillings School of Global Public Health. He is the author of the upcoming book, Fiber Fueled, the plant-based gut health program for losing weight, restoring health, and optimizing your microbiome. Welcome to the show, Dr. Will Bolsowitz
1: hell yeah thank you matt i appreciate you having me on man it's great yeah
0: man it's it's great to have you here you know i had uh, cyrus cambada on uh he wrote mastering diabetes i loved him we stayed in touch he he knew so much man his his depth and knowledge was incredible and he highly recommended you and i said anybody yeah. you recommend definitely get him on the show and oh that's um, great no, i, I looked that. up i looked up your story and what you're doing and, and you're definitely an expert in the field so why don't you just start with a little bit about your background Um, and and what you've been through to write the book and I know we're going to get into uh, how we can boost our immunity and you're talking about the connection with the the gut and your immune system and I never even thought about that so before we even went live I learned a lot so I'm excited about this show and just um, want you to share a little bit about your story with the audience.
1: Uh, Thanks Matt. So Yeah, hey guys, it's great to see you guys at home. Uh, Happy to be here and talk to you guys. Um, So I am a gastroenterologist, and so what that means is I am an expert on all things related to human digestion. So uh, you go back like 15 years and I was in med school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a living. And the microbiome like really wasn't a part of the conversation at that time. So like gut health wasn't really a thing. I mean, I suppose there were some people talking about it, but not really. And um, so, but for me, I loved this specialty because I get to be the expert of so many things. Like if I were a cardiologist, I would just be thinking about the heart literally all day long. And for me instead, as a gastroenterologist, I get to think about the esophagus, stomach, small intestine, the large intestine or colon, the liver, the pancreas, the spleen. Like I am the expert for all, all those organs. They're all unique. They're all interesting. And I get to take care of patients who have issues with those, with those particular parts of their body. So, um, but I'm kind of unique. I'm kind of weird. I don't know. I, uh, I am a science nerd, as you can tell by my bio. And let me just kind of fill in the gaps a little bit, if that's okay. Uh, go back 10 years, and I was in my 30s, early 30s. And I um, was working super hard as an internal medicine resident. I was in Chicago. And doing like 16 hours a day, six days a week, um, just busting it. Exhausted, uh, overworked, not sleeping, not exercising. And honestly, opting for convenience foods everywhere. So whatever was easiest. And a lot of fast food. Um, I lived in Chicago, so it was readily available. It's like everywhere. Good, good hot dogs, good you know, like uh, Italian beef sandwiches.
0: Deep dish pizzas?
1: Deep dish Deep pizzas. Pizza. Oh, I had too many of them, man. <laughs> I had too many of them. So they are good. And um, and my my health got away from me. And, you know, I always thought of myself as being young and invincible. And so this was new and weird. Um, I gained about 50 pounds, so like 20 kilos. And I um, was anxious. I was tired, like constantly fatigued. I mean, honestly, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, I, I don't have a problem with Red Bull, but I could have been sponsored by Red Bull because I was like drinking two or like smashing two or three of them a day, you know, um, plus Starbucks and um, high blood pressure and, you know, just not like, I mean, sure, accomplishing professional goals, not feeling great about myself when I was doing it and looking for solutions. And I've always been kind of a hard worker. And so I thought I could work my way out of it. And I was, like, a pretty decent athlete in high school. So I thought, oh, just, like, double down on exercise. So I was single. And, like, Matt, I'm sure you can appreciate it. It's just, like, you know, you, you would give your right kidney to look good So because you're single and you're dating, right? So I would go to the gym and just, like, crush 30 to 45 minutes on weights and then jump only, on the treadmill. Only
0: barbell curls.
1: <laughs> just biceps, just yeah. biceps, nothing else, right? Um, I never did abs, but anyway, uh, like s- smash out like 30 to 45 minute workouts, jump on the treadmill, five to 10K, or jump in the pool if it was summertime, swim 100, 100 laps, you know, and I was just working out and I was getting stronger and I was running faster, running longer, better endurance. I could perform better, but my weight wasn't going away and I still had the gut. And you know, I thought that I could, like, I thought that would give me the freedom to eat whatever I wanted. And my mind was opened um, when I met the person who is now my wife, because she ate a certain way. She ate completely plant-based. I had never been around someone like this before, like ever. I mean, I, like, I, didn't, I don't think I knew a single person who was vegan or vegetarian. And so I saw this, and we would go out, and I'd be like, hey, I'm having the ribeye like you know, and get like a couple sides or whatever, and she would ask the chef like, "Can you make me a plant plate can you can you basically like take a bunch of sides with plants and like put it all on one big plate for me?" and she would eat without restriction, and she was definitely like eating a ton of food, and she could maintain her weight without the exercise and looked amazing and and you know here I am, and I'm like I, like, I'm busting these workouts and I can't even lose, you know, five pounds. So it opened my mind and it sent me down this rabbit hole, which has turned into the book that is coming out on May 12th. And the, the rabbit hole was basically that, look, let me say this, like, I am a science guy. I'm a medical doctor. I studied epidemiology. I published papers. The science has to be there. If the science is not there, I'm not on board. And so I was really doubting it and skeptical because I was like, I haven't heard anything about this. I went to medical school. I haven't heard anything about this. And I started looking for papers to support this idea uh, that you could eat this way and maintain a healthy weight and be healthy. And I found, not like a couple papers, I found thousands and high quality research. And it opened my mind. And I used that information in my own life and I lost 50 pounds. And I got rid of the blood pressure issue and got rid of the anxiety issue, and honestly, feel like I reversed aging. Like I'm um, I'm 40, and I feel younger than I did when I was 30. And um, and it worked for me. And then I brought it into my clinic, and I see people with digestive issues, people with irritable bowel syndrome, or acid reflux, or Crohn's, or ulcerative colitis. I brought it there, and I started to implement it in my practice, and had amazing results and felt like there was such power there and yet i had never been told anything about this so i felt like i needed to share this message like it was not enough for me to practice medicine one on one people needed to hear this and so a couple years ago i started my instagram account The Gut health md and no expectations um not really a social media guy like I, i grew up in the upstate new york matt so like syracuse So it's like across the lake from Toronto, basically. I'm used to snow. Um, So the only time I ever used Facebook back in the day was like, hey guys, I'm down south and the weather is beautiful and it's like freezing up by you, right? And that's like the only time I would post on Facebook. And uh, so I started the social media account and um, people responded and I started doing podcasting and people responded and I felt like I needed to spread the message even beyond just coming on podcasts as much as I love being like hanging out with you right now. And so I decided to write the book. And it took me a year and a half. I've never been so focused in my entire life. But um, basically fiber fueled. It's you know, this is this is probably from a professional perspective, this is my greatest accomplishment. And can't wait to share it with people. I think they're gonna love it.
0: That's amazing, man. I, I like the background and the story because I actually was looking up your, um, you know, your page, your book is coming out and just reading through what is in the book, I think is so powerful. And I also think it's even better that you went through that personal transformation to see, like, you know, to go through all that struggle, like the anxiety piece and to, and to realize it's not like a, you know, one thing fixes everything. It's a holistic understanding. And there's all of these other elements coming right. from, uh, being an actual medical doctor, uh, with, you know, that scientific background to be able to understand it as well. And that was the same thing um, with Cyrus on being able to just really decode everything in a very yes. simple and practical way. So people are getting those benefits. And totally. and so, you know, looking up actually your Instagram before and having the quick chat, you know, you put on uh, one of your pages, like, Hey, these are the, These are the signs of the coronavirus, just so you know. And I think that with gut health, you know, I know people have actually struggled with that and it's terrifying because if you're bleeding and you have that problem, let alone like anxiety, depression, irritable bowel, like it can be a very troubling thing to not understand it. It's a very tricky uh, thing. And, And if you go online there is so much interesting information out there. You can get lost in rabbit holes. And so yeah. providing really clear data, really clear research and really clear solutions in a holistic way, I think is what you're providing. And so um, I don't know, we can go a lot of different ways with this, but I'd love for you to start with the power. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, so I was gonna say, I just wanted to bounce off of that real quick, Matt, because because you, you kind of um, got me thinking about something right there. So, and I love what you're saying about this holistic, the, the idea of a holistic person. Right? And it's completely true. And I honestly think that health centers in the gut. And you can think of it in, in whatever way you choose to. Many of the traditional forms of medicine have already accepted and identified this. Many of the traditional forms of medicine, whether it's Ayurvedic that you want to talk about um, or traditional Chinese medicine, the recognition that health begins in the gut. And I want to tell you a quick story: irritable bowel syndrome. Okay. So, irritable bowel syndrome, we prevalent. Like, I mean, uh, there's estimates that 20% of Americans have this. So, huge issue. Um, manifest, just for everyone who's wondering, manifest with abdominal pain and the change in bowel habits. You either have diarrhea or constipation. All of these patients, they have this, okay? And um, not dangerous, but can really crush your quality of life. And if you go back, uh, this is where the holistic part comes into play go back 20 years and the teaching in medical school was that people that have irritable bowel syndrome are anxious and many doctors believed that the reason why they suffer with digestive issues, the reason why they have abdominal pain is because they're anxious and their anxiety is manifesting in their gut and doctors effectively were putting it on the patient. Like making it like, this is, you did this, you did this to yourself, which is incredibly crazy. And so now there are still some doctors who think that way and it's wrong, but thinking about holistic, thinking about the way that the body works throughout. Let me just give you an example from a gut health perspective, okay? The gut produces 90% of the serotonin in the body. Serotonin is the happy hormone. Right. This is the hormone that controls our mood. This is the hormone that controls our, our energy levels. If I want to boost serotonin levels in a person who's got anxiety or depression, I will put them on a medication called a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Some of the common ones are um, Paxil, uh, Zoloft, Sertraline, um, Celexa. Okay. So these are all in this class. 90, 90% of the serotonin is produced in the gut. If you damage the gut, you affect the happy hormone, serotonin. People didn't understand why people who had irritable Bowel Syndrome had anxiety issues. Hmm. And now it's actually coming full circle. It's the, it's the big picture, which is that if you damage the gut, you will affect digestion. You will affect motility of the intestines. You will affect sensitivity of the intestines. All of that manifests with the pain and the change in bowel habits, diarrhea or constipation. You change motility and they're either gonna have diarrhea or constipation. But the other thing that you affect is you affect the serotonin. And so what do, we, what do, you, what do you produce when you damage the gut? we just described the phenotype. We just described the person who has irritable bowel syndrome, abdominal pain, change in bowel habits, and anxiety. And it all comes back to one place. It was never that the mind was causing the gut issue. They are connected. But it's that the, the central area is so relevant to so many things, including the way that we think, our cognition, our mood, whether or not we manifest anxiety or depression just all comes full circle.
0: That's, that's so interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. I I didn't know that because yeah, serotonin being produced in the gut. You just, (laughs) you just blew my mind. I never even thought about that. I know in yoga, they'll talk about the gut being the second brain. Um, And also before we jumped on here, you were saying that the gut is responsible for how much of our immune system?
1: So so 70 to 80% of the immune system lives in the gut. So if you were going to say, okay, well, where's your immune system? Okay, let me frame it for you. Let me, let me paint a little picture for everyone at home. 70 to 80% immune system is in the gut, okay? And there is this single layer of cells that is so small, one layer, that you can't see it. It's invisible to the human eye. It's a fraction of one of the hairs off of my head or one of the hairs off your beard, Matt. <laughs> This single layer of cells, and on one side is 70 to 80 percent of the immune system. And on the other side is your gut microbiome. Your gut microbiome is this, for your listeners, this is this community of microbes, these invisible creatures that are alive. They're as alive as you and I. And they number in a way that is insane, it's mind-blowing. There are 39 trillion microbes throughout our entire body, from the top of our head to the tip of our toes, but they're mostly focused in our gut. The vast majority, and when I say that, I specifically mean the large intestine or the colon. That is the main focus of these microbes, and this is where you'll find 70 to 80% of the immune system. And you can't separate, you can't separate the microbiome from the immune system. They are completely intertwined, where if you damage one, you will affect the other. And I'm happy to give you a quick example if you don't mind. Okay. Do you have any yeah, kids? Please. Do you have any kids, man?
0: I now have a daughter who's seven months. And you are putting your your I was gonna ask you before we jumped on there, how old's yours?
1: I got two. So I got uh my daughter is almost six. Oh, nice. And, and my son is three. He's a little wild man. Seven months is pretty <laughs> fun. It gets even better for you. You're to have you're gonna enjoy it.
0: Yeah, she's working in the legs as we speak, so we got, we got to keep an eye on her.
1: Yeah, once they start <laughs> moving, it's, it gets a little crazy. So, um, All right, so as a dad, you will appreciate this, okay? Um, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy to talk about the development of the microbiome early in life, which is relevant to your daughter and to anyone who has kids. We can talk about that if you want to. Sure. But before we go there, let me just talk real quick and unpack the immune system and how it's intertwined with our gut if you look at all of the immune mediated diseases that exist, when I say immune mediated, I'm talking about allergic, like asthma or seasonal allergies. And I'm also talking about autoimmune. So like, um, rheumatoid arthritis or type one diabetes or celiac or Crohn's disease, or ulcerative colitis or multiple sclerosis. Like these are autoimmune diseases. So, if you look at all these, auto, these immune mediated diseases, whether it's allergies or autoimmune, what we find is when you study the gut in all of these patients, every single one, you find that there's been damage to the gut. There's an alteration of the microbiome. It's lost balance. Some people would express this as saying weaky gut. And I would just use a different word, which is dysbiosis, D-Y-S-B-I-O-S-I-S, but we're saying the same thing. Loss of balance in the gut. Less good guys, more bad guys, and many times a loss of diversity, meaning there's not as many species as there used to be. You find this in everyone who has these types of conditions. Asthma, allergies, autoimmune issues. The question is, are they connected or is it just association? Is it true, true and unrelated? Or does one cause the other? Is it that the immune system affects the gut or is it that the gut affects the immune system? What's the deal? So here's what they did to figure this out. It's quite interesting. They took three, months, three month old toddlers, little kids, and they analyzed their diaper, all right? And they took poop from a three month old child and they looked at the microbiome and they discovered that taking a three month old child You could already predict, based upon their poop, who would develop asthma later in life. So the microbiome signature, the characteristics of the microbiome were associated. But the question is, is it just association or is there causation? So here's what they did to prove it. They took this little cohort of these toddlers, these three-month-olds, And they took the ones that they had identified as being, hey, we think that this child is likely to develop asthma later in life. So they took stool, they took poop from that child's diaper, and they transferred it into a mouse. All right, so let me say that again, because it's kind of crazy. They took human poop from a three-month-old, removed it from their diaper, and they put it into a mouse. Fecal transplant is what we would call that. What happened to the mice? They all developed asthma. It goes to show you the power of the microbiome in terms of affecting our immune system. And it also goes to show you that literally at three months of age, it's already very relevant. Pretty crazy
0: yeah man that's that's nuts. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm just like processing the information in the study because I think it's super relevant and to listen to you. I'm already deepening my level of understanding of how important it is, and I know that we're gonna get into how we use it because I know that you have the solutions for how to make the most empowered gut possible, and so do you think that there is anything important to say on the like more like studies or anything that you want to share on on the power of the gut and then what i'd love to dive into because there's a lot of things that i want to ask you and i know we can go a lot of different ways but um how we're going to boost the gut um if you have these problems like what are you what are you suggesting for people one of the questions i want to ask as well is is so many people are dealing with anxiety and overwhelm like we have too much to do and so we start eating crappy um and just you know your solutions for that so i think You know, these themes that I want to present are just understanding the importance of the gut, which you're touching on. So please share more if it's relevant, because it's definitely hitting home for me. How do we empower our gut microbiome and and really um, make it as powerful as possible? And then I wanted to throw at you your understanding of what's going on with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and what you've learned as a medical doctor because I've seen a few things out there and I've really been making a point to try to find really balanced information you know I have yet to have a virologist on but a doctor of your pedigree can certainly read the science and understand what's going on and I kind of see two fields happening I see some people yelling that the world is falling and this is creating a little bit of fear panic and anxiety so you're gonna have a lot of patience after this this thing um, you know runs its course because people will be a little bit afraid. And just what have you seen, um, you know, in your medical opinion? Because what I have seen and what I've done the research, and I'm not the expert on this, uh, just I've been listening to experts, is that your highest risk, 80 plus, most people have the immune system to be able to fight this. The mortality rate is very low. It's older as you go higher. Um, And so to empower people, and like you're saying now about the gut, what can we do to empower ourselves so our immune systems are strong? Because if you're young um, or if you're healthy, you might not even know that you had it because you're going to fight it off as you would a flu or a cold, although it's a, a different thing. I'm um, just getting your medical opinion on it rather than my bearded you know, perspective of me searching around trying to figure it out.
1: I like that bearded perspective, though. It's kind of <laughs> All right. So yeah, no, let's, I I love that, man. Let's, let's, let's unpack this a little bit and let's get into some crazy stuff, honestly. So, um, you know, uh, I want to talk about the gut and some of the crazy ways that the gut is connected throughout our body. Um, which, you know, clearly digestion is critical. Okay. So if you suffer from digestive issues, whether it's gas, bloating, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, some sort of diagnosis like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, all sorts of colitis, acid reflux, any of these things, you probably have had damage to your gut, honestly. And, but the gut is so much more than just digestion. We just talked about how the gut connects to the immune system. That's just one example. That's just one specific thing. How about the gut and metabolism? All right. So do you ever, have you ever met a person, Matt, who does all the right stuff, um, you know exercises sleeps does all the things they're supposed to do and they can't lose weight yep, so we, we all know those people right and What's interesting is that the science is showing us that it probably comes back to gut health They have done this study time after time after time Where what they do is they take the microbiome from an obese person? and if you put it into a mouse that mouse will become obese. And they took it a step further. They they took human identical twins. All right, so same genetic code. One was obese, one was skinny. And they took stool poop from each of them. A lot of my stories involve poop. I can't help it. All right. Obese, skinny, they took poop from each of them, and they transplanted it into mice. One got the obese poop, the other one got the skinny poop. They fed them the exact same calories. The mice ate the same amount of food. It was not calories in, calories out. They fed them the same number of calories. The obese, the, the, the mouse that got the obese poop became obese. The mouse that had the skinny poop stayed skinnier, became skinny.
0: That's wild.
1: And it's like, I think of weight control like this. Um, It's like swimming with a current, right? So when your microbiome is working for you, it's like having the current at your back and it's pushing you and you're swimming so fast. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at in my life right now. But if you went back 10 years ago, I was the guy who was swimming against the current, which is that you're hacking away you're tired, you're working as hard as you can, and you just can't seem to make any progress. So I think that's kind of what's happening with the gut. It's not just weight. The gut affects diabetes. Like Robbie and Cyrus from Mastering Diabetes have had huge like two-hour conversations just talking about the connections between the gut and diabetes. I'll spare you the full two hours. (laughs) Um, We talked about the immune system. How about the brain? We, talked, we, we touched on this briefly. 90% of serotonin produced in the gut, um, 50% of dopamine. We um, have connections between the brain and the gut that make it impossible to separate the two. When you damage the gut, you may affect the brain. People that develop Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, anxiety, depression, all of these patients when they study their gut, once again, we find that there's been alteration or damage to the gut. There are studies where you give people probiotics and you reverse anxiety. A probiotic pill, which has live bacteria, that's it. And you improve anxiety by doing that. And then the last thing I want to talk about real quick. Are you, Matt, are you in Ontario?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Toronto.
1: Perfect, across the lake from where I grew up, man. So um, we used to go to uh, Oswego, which is like right across the lake and there's a port there, we go boating. So, all right, there is a doctor at McMaster. Her name is Elena Verdue. And she has clarified for us where celiac comes from. So now I don't know how interested you are in celiac, but this is a huge issue these days. It has increased celiac disease 500%, 500%. In the last 30 years, celiac disease is a condition where people cannot consume gluten. Gluten is a protein that you find in wheat, barley, and rye. Mainly wheat, mainly wheat is the issue. And when these people do, they consume gluten, they get abdominal pain, most of the time, diarrhea. Some patients will get constipation. Um, Some of these patients will develop a rash on their skin. Some of them will have crazy like joint pains or crazy changes in mental status It can be very dramatic Um, And there is a risk of cancer if they continue to consume gluten regardless of how they feel even if they feel fine It's a very serious condition The question is where's the 500% increase coming from? That doesn't make sense Celiac disease is a genetic condition. You have to have the gene to get it. The genes have not changed in the last 30 years. So if this is a genetic condition, why is there five times more people that are getting this? And I'm telling you, this is legit, this, the growth. I mean, it might be more than 500% now. I've had days where I diagnosed three cases at once in one day. Um, so Dr. Verdue, at McMaster opened up and explained why this is the case. There are three criteria that must be met to develop celiac disease. Number one, you need to have the gene. If you don't have the gene, you can't have the disease. But the gene's very common, one in three people have it. Number two, you need to be exposed to gluten. That's all of us, like unless you were raised gluten free, right from birth, all of us have been exposed to gluten. And number three, the critical piece, what really separates and what explains the 500%, damage to the gut. When you damage the gut, you take this gene, which is like a light switch, and it has been turned off, and you are turning it on. And the problem is, I don't know that you can backtrack that. But when you damage the gut, many times we will see people who get a viral illness or they get like a bug, and then the diarrhea continues for weeks. And then they come to see me, Doc, why am I still having diarrhea? I had this bug, and it's like eight weeks later. And you scope them, you biopsy their intestine, and you find that they have celiac. So Dr. Verdue has made it clear that many conditions that we develop start with gene, They start with the gene, but it includes damage to the gut in terms of activating that gene. And we call that epigenetics. And it's incredibly powerful if you start to think about that. That your genes can be modified by your environment with your gut being one of the critical pieces. So that shows you the power that exists, like it's so much more than just digestion, right?
0: Any thoughts about all that? Yeah, man. Well, I'm getting a masterclass on that. You know, I've heard I've heard this over and over. You know, like I said, from yoga and doing some of those uh, spiritual type of research, they'll say the gut is is very important, and they'll use lots of frames of reference, but no science. You know what I mean? You're offering a whole new level of understanding as to why that is being said, and so many people who are very rational, scientific, are going to have a huge understanding on on that because, like you said at the beginning maybe 20 to 30% of the population has gut issues. And now we're understanding, oh, maybe that you would never think that, oh, my depression or anxiety is because of my gut. It's because I'm depressed or anxious. It's not because, uh, you know, I have, I have, um, brain fog, you know, all of these different things, people are not looking in the right place. And if you're not looking in the right place. So now if we start by looking at the gut, and repairing the gut and understanding it and seeing what happens. I remember when um, you know I was in my mid twenties and I started eating a lot better. And the surprising thing for me was the mental clarity. You know, uh-huh. my gut was probably all messed up, and then I had uh, you know much better mental clarity and. You know, I was eating a really clean diet, and that's the surprising thing to me. Yeah. It was like, whoa! It was is like I took the Red Bull for my mind. You know what I mean? <sighs> if, if we're gonna do a positive uh, concentration type of effect, and so when you're at a certain level, you might not notice um, what that next level would be if you kind of get comfortable in that level, right. Right? right? And so, yeah, man, this is super fascinating. So if you have any other you know relevant stories or, or studies to share, definitely go on because. I think that that's such an important base to understand, to say, no, like this is going to affect your mood, uh, serotonin. I didn't know about that. It's going to affect how you think your health, weight loss. So many people thinking about weight loss, why can't I lose the weight and they're depressed or, or anxious or, you know, their gut is damaged and they're not even looking there at all. And so it seems like that would be the first place to look if you're yeah. looking for health, if you're, if, it, so as a doctor, if somebody's. Anxious, depressed, uh, not losing weight, or feeling unhealthy, is the gut the first place you get them to look and kind of do a, uh, what would you call it, like an assessment, on?
1: Yeah, well, so from my perspective, I feel like gut health is relevant to all of us. Like, it doesn't matter whether you have a specific medical issue that you're trying to fix, or actually you're entirely healthy. If you're entirely healthy, like, you should protect that. You don't want to wake up one day and be told that you have celiac disease, Right. So, and this is where I feel like this is a critical, this is, this is the critical approach, which is no matter who you are, because it's so important, because the health choices that you make are magnified through your gut, it's important for all of us to go and do this. And, you know, if you're asking me the question, like things outside the gut, things outside of digestion, I see these people all day long, Matt, who have anxiety, depression, migraine, headaches, You know, many times they'll have allergies, like they'll have like asthma or seasonal allergies. When you just look at this list and you go down the line and you're like, okay, anxiety associated with the gut, depression associated with the gut, migraine headaches associated with the gut, seasonal allergies associated with the gut. And now they're here for a gut issue to see me. I don't need a test to tell me if they got a gut problem. I already know, it's obvious, right? So, and those are people that we're trying to heal. And the question is like, how do you do it? How do you heal a person with gut issues? And what I would say is this. There's something in our diet that we have been missing that is like the foundation of gut health. And that is fiber. And if you look in the United States, and I can't imagine that Canada is radically different because we're so similar in many ways. If you look in the United States, the average person's diet is 10% fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, and nuts. They are 10% plant-based. They are 60% processed food. So really, they're eating a processed food-based diet. And they're about 30% meat and dairy, meat, dairy, and eggs, All right? We need to flip those ratios. We need to flip those ratios. And so my book is about meeting people where they are and trying to encourage them to go more plant-based. And the reason why, is because fiber, let me just take you through what happens when a person eats fiber. We've been told that fiber goes in the mouth, wiggles its way through the intestines, and then launches out the other end like a torpedo.
0: That's my current understanding. <laughs> there is some truth to that.
1: There is some truth to that. The, there's, there's two There's main types of fiber that exist, two main types. Insoluble fiber is what you're talking about, Matt, which is launching out the bottom like a torpedo. That's the roughage. All right, insoluble fiber is the roughage. But I wanna talk to you guys about soluble fiber. Soluble fiber is fiber that if you put into a beverage, it dissolves, and you stir it, it dissolves. You can't even tell it's in there. There's no grit, it disappears. Soluble fiber, what happens with it is it goes in the mouth, goes through the small intestine, untouched, untouched and gets to the colon the large intestine and when it gets there it meets the microbiome and the microbiome breaks into a feeding frenzy because fiber is their food we have our food this is their food they are alive just like us they need energy just like us and this is what they eat and they consume the fiber believe it or not the fiber doesn't just pass through it actually gets metabolized it gets chewed up by these microbes They eat it, they multiply, they grow, they get stronger, which means you have more of these anti-inflammatory microbes. And then what they do is they reward you. They pay you the favor back for feeding them. And what they do is they release something called short chain fatty acids. Short chain fatty acids are like the part of nutrition that no one is talking about. That blows my mind because when I look at the research, There's like a bazillion studies telling us how beneficial they are. But there's really only one way to get them. You got to eat fiber. And the average American right now is getting about 15 grams of fiber. The recommended amount for women is 25. For men, it's 38. 97% of us are not even hitting this minimal amount on a consistent basis. And... If you look at our ancestors, we think that they consumed over 100 grams of fiber per day. If you look at at native cultures, like for example, if you look at the Hadza that live in Tanzania, they consume 100 grams of fiber per day. So the key is we need to get more fiber, but it's not meant to be like grams. Like I don't even count grams for me. It's not meant to be a supplement It's meant to come from real food, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, nuts, legumes. Every single plant has this fiber that I'm talking about. Every single plant has prebiotic fiber. You don't need to specify which ones. And they did this study, it's called the American Gut Project, but it's actually an international study. And people from around the world. And they asked the question, because they were trying to correlate diet and lifestyle to the health of the gut. So they're trying to figure out what is the main thing that predicts having a healthy gut. And what they found is that there was clear cut number one when they did their analysis, clear cut number one thing that jumped off the charts, huge. The greatest predictor of a healthy gut is the diversity of plants in your diet. It's not grams of fiber, it's not being vegan, it's the diversity of plants, regardless of what sort of dietary tribe you consider yourself to be in. And we all have an opportunity to do this because I just talked about the Hadza. You know, Matt, diversity is really important to the health of our gut. More diversity is better. The Hadza, this tribe in Tanzania, that is like a modern day hunter and gatherer tribe. They don't have organized agriculture. They have 40% more species than us Americans, 40%. And the question is why? And when they study the way they eat, it's not just 100 grams of fiber. They actually eat 600 varieties of plants. And we, in the United States, there's very few of us that get more than 50 in their entire life. Many people, and I used to be this guy, are taking iceberg lettuce and a tomato, and they're cutting that tomato four ways, and then they're slapping blue cheese dressing, bacon, and cheese on it, and they're calling that a salad. That is not fiber-fueled, right? That is not feeding your microbiome. So anyway, the, the key is... The key is fiber, but really, truly the key is this one rule. It's so simple. We don't need to count calories. We don't need to weigh our food. We don't need macros. It's really this one thing, diversity of plants. That's the critical piece when it comes to gut health. If there's one message that people should remember from this podcast, diversity of plants is the key to gut health. And the reason why is because we want a diverse microbiome and every single plant will support unique microbes inside of us. So when you have a diversity of plants, you are supporting a diverse family of microbes. And it becomes all connected. And that's the same way that we can address our immune system.
0: Man, <laughs> I had no idea any of this stuff. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm just sitting here like receiving the masterclass and it's awesome because now immediately I'm going to change the way that I eat again, which is amazing because actually recently, um, you know, over Christmas, usually you don't eat great. And so I started to eat a little bit healthier. And that was the first thing that I started to do, more fruits, more vegetables, because for whatever reason, when we get busy, we seem to just take those comfort foods or those easy foods, right? And then, so I had to reset what I was doing, but the more I understand about food and the more that I have like a foundation base of knowledge. So when you shared about, feeding my gut and getting rewarded, it put it in a new way to frame my mind to give me more um, motivation to go make that choice. And I think that that's what science and understanding does. I did a couple of Dr. Joe Dispenza workshops, and he's, you know, trying to bring together how mindset and meditation can help you heal of these amazing or like, so called terminal diseases, which some of them are, but showing a lot of like, uh, amazing progress through just meditation now I I think you should add everything I think if you just meditate and you don't eat well right I think you should start with eating well and I think you should do all of it personally but it's amazing what can happen and so he would talk about like as we understand the science then it's giving us more motivation and understanding. It actually works better too yep. we know why we do it. And so, if you know a deadlift makes you stronger, and you understand the science of that, it actually makes you stronger from that understanding. And I think that's what you're sharing now and putting it in incredibly simple terms. And so, um, I wanted to ask you uh, some of the suggestions if people are listening, like um, how do they begin to implement it really easily? If there's like a common stumbling block that people have, you know, of like, oh, there, you know, a common concern that might come up and how to overcome it. And then I'd love for you to speak about if you if you want to, um, just your understanding of how we can boost it for the Coronavirus and your understanding from a medical perspective, just because I know a lot of people are asking me personally about that. So I'd rather ask yeah. somebody smarter than me to weigh in on it. And because even that thing that you said about the symptoms, a lot of people are saying, Oh, I have it, but just understanding which symptoms are what, you know, and you, you and I think a big concern for um, the doctors in Canada and the States are people going to the hospital when they don't need to. It's like, mm-hmm. if you have this, you're not going to drop dead if these are the case, right? If, if this is happening, like you have no, um, oxygen to your lungs you can't breathe definitely go but if right. these things you know we need to open up and keep our hospitals open for these yeah. types of people and so bringing that clarity because i know people are really feeling anxious and stressed and i've read and understand that stress is a is one of the number one causes of other illnesses and um, diseases and and it lowers your immune system and so if you can give your perspective on all of that from a medical perspective i think that that would be useful for the listeners
1: yeah, one hundred percent. So let's just jump into all of that. Let's jump into all that and keep me on task. Make sure that I, I I get through all this for you, Matt. But let me just start with this. Like I loved what you said about meditation. All right, and you started with talking about meditation and the benefits of meditation for us, and then you just ended by talking about how stress affects our immune system. And to bring that and just unpack that a little bit and bring this a full circle. We have clear cut studies that show us that stress affects your gut negatively. All right, you can actually induce dysbiosis, which we talked about earlier, which is like the form of leaky gut. You can induce dysbiosis just by being stressed. And the flip side is that when you reduce stress, you can heal. And it's no coincidence that the thing that can cause damage to the gut, dysbiosis, would also reduce your immune system because we, we talked before, they're interconnected. You can't separate the immune system from the gut. So anything that I say is good for the gut is also good for the immune system. And anything that I say is not good for the gut, typically if you study what it, its effects are on the immune system, you're gonna see the same thing. It runs in parallel. And I just wanted to expand on what you said because I thought that was really great and a nice point, which is that food matters, okay? Food matters, the, the, the most important thing in terms of your gut is going to end up being your diet. But there are ways to heal your gut without even lifting a fork. Exercise. I mean, and you know, I'll just kind of give you the list here rather than breaking these each down individually, but exercise and sleep and hydration, drinking water, meditation, time spent outside, time spent, you know, outdoors in nature reconnecting and with reducing our intake of alcohol and particularly with the covid virus, elimination of tobacco has to be said. That's like this the first thing that I would do if you're a smoker, now is the time to quit. Now, navigating someone who has issues I'm glad you brought this up and I just wanna to touch on this for a moment before we jump into the coronavirus. People who have gut health issues, people that have damaged their gut, are also the people that will struggle to introduce fiber. All right. And it comes with the territory. You should expect it. The reason why, let me be a nerd for a minute. Let me let me like be a science geek for a minute, okay? Please do. <laughs> Matt. You don't have the enzymes, as a big strong dude, you don't have the enzymes to break down fiber. You weren't born with them, neither was I. We don't have them, all Right? We don't have the ability to process fiber. If you think that there are benefits to these short chain fatty acids that I'm telling you heal you from, like from your brain all the way through your gut, if you think there's benefits to them, I want you to understand, if we didn't have a microbiome, we would never get them. Because we don't have the enzymes to process fiber. We've outsourced it. And we have, these microbes have the enzymes. And there are estimates that our microbes may have 60,000 unique enzymes to break down and unpack our fiber for us. But what happens if your gut gets damaged And you drop that number from 60,000 enzymes to 48,000, right? And you're missing 12,000 potentially critical enzymes needed to process and digest your fiber. You're going to struggle, right? But I like to think of these people who struggle and they have a damaged gut as there's an approach that I would encourage, which is think of your gut like a muscle. Exercise your gut. If your gut is a muscle, that means that it is adaptable. That means that it can be stronger. That means that it can be trained. You are empowered to heal your gut by exercising it with these foods. You may not be able to eat every single one of these foods liberally without restriction in the very beginning. That's the equivalent of me being like, look, I hurt my shoulder. I needed surgery to repair my rotator cuff. I'm going back to the gym and I haven't been to the gym in like six months. Am I going to go and lift weights on my shoulder like like I did before? No. You got to exercise your gut. You start with a light weight. You do what you're actually capable of doing. You build up strength over time. And when you give it time, eventually that shoulder is going to be back to what it was before, fully operational, cranking out the weight, lifting heavy stuff. So you got to build up the strength. And that's entirely, you're entirely capable of doing that. You are empowered to heal your gut, but it's not through restriction. It's not through elimination. It's actually through abundance. It's actually through diversity. So, and that's the key, I think, to healing the gut. Now, Corona been waiting all episode to get into it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, just before you I just want to kind of like jump in on what you just said there, that frame is so important. I think just, just sharing like your gut as a muscle. I never, I never really thought about that. So, you know, when we can understand that and understand something for me, maybe this is obvious to, to other people. It was not to me that just engaging my gut to boost my immune system through what I eat to empower me to be more Um, resilient to my environment. And right now, that's what people are really concerned about. When I do these podcasts, I've done these panels with other doctors, maybe we'll get you back on um, to join one of those. That's what people are afraid of, right? You're afraid of your mortality. You're afraid of the health of other people. And, you know, if you've got leaky gut, if you've got all these different things and your body's not cooperating, it's a frightening thing. And when yes. there's a virus out there that you could catch, you're afraid. But I know the people that are healthy, that are joyous, that have, you know, their lives are balanced. They're not concerned about this. They're concerned about other people, um, but they know if they get it, their body is going to do what it's supposed to. And you being a doctor, you know, the power of the body to heal itself. And I'd love for you to speak yeah. on that now of like your understanding of what this is, what you'd recommend for people and how do we empower ourselves? And, and I love what you said too about the exercise and, and i'd love for you to say just how much sleep do we need because i was curious about that I always like do you think it's six hours eight hours a little bit on that but yeah your understanding from a medical perspective what coronavirus is what we should be mindful of and how do we boost our immune system and and uh and so if we get it you know like um, what we can do to recover quickly
1: yeah so just real quick to answer your question on sleep as just like a, a a quick one more is better Um, but I also think the time, so like eight, I think eight is a really good, and I don't want to see people really go less than seven. Um, I also think timing of it is very important. We have a natural bio rhythm. All life on this planet has a bio rhythm. So like, I'm not sure. I don't remember this, Matt. Do you guys do daylight savings time? Yeah, we do. Okay. It's amazing how hungover you feel. It's one hour it's amazing how much it can disrupt you. And it's like jet lag. Jet lag, they actually think starts in the gut because your gut your gut has a rhythm and when you throw it off by a couple hours, you feel it because your gut actually gets into a state of dysbiosis. So sleep is important, but keep in mind, eight hours from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. is not the same as eight hours from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. All right. So when it gets dark outside that we're supposed to be winding down, that's the way that we were made. Um, Coronavirus. So uh, I I know that your listeners have been talking about this or hearing about this. So I'm not going to fully, you know, describe everything there is to know about coronavirus. That would take a while anyway. Okay. I want to focus on the immune system. Um, But the one thing that I will say is before I jump into the immune system, I'm sure that your listeners know this, but it's important to understand this is spread person to person. If you never come into a contact with a person who has this, you'll never get it. If you get it and you never come into another, into contact with another person, you won't spread it to anyone else. The reason why this is important is because the biggest concern with Corona is not the survival of you and I. The biggest concern with corona, Matt, is overburdening our healthcare system and not having enough resources for our elderly patients. Because unfortunately, there is a percentage of them who will require a ventilator. Why do some people require the ventilator? And this gets into the conversation on the immune system. What's happening in these patients the, the, the ones who do end up getting very sick and needing to be in the hospital on a ventilator is that they develop something called ARDS, Acute Respiratory Distress Syndrome. Now, ARDS is not initiated by the virus directly. ARDS is initiated by your immune system in response to the virus. So when we think about this virus, It's not that we want our immune system to be more or bigger, right? Excessive immune, excessive immunity can cause ARDS. We don't need that. What we want is optimal. We want precise, targeted. We want an immune system that's going to bring the right soldiers to the battle and let those soldiers do what they need to do to get this to get this virus out of our body but what we don't need is the immune system bringing all the guns to the battle and then loading them all at once because when that happens that excessive immune response you get this ARDS where basically both lungs fill up with fluid it's not pneumonia it's actually fluid from within your bloodstream that fills up the lungs and at, at that point you need a respirator and so in order to empower people, what we want is we want to empower people, Matt, with an optimal immune system. How do we do that? Well, I already told you that, 60, that 70 to 80% of the immune system lives in the gut. It would suggest that to optimize our immune system, we need to optimize our gut. They're deeply intertwined. We talked about the baby's diapers. So is there any science to support this? I mean, like I said, I like science, the science needs to be there for me to get on board, All right. Yes, the answer is yes. You can alter your gut and alter your immune system in one play, all at once. There was a study, now just to be clear, this study cannot be done in humans. It would not be ethical. There was a study of mice where they infected them with influenza. Influenza is another respiratory virus. Not the same, but they're both res- respiratory viruses and there are some similarities. After infecting these mice with influenza, they gave them one of two diets. Each mouse either received a high fiber diet or a low fiber diet. And then they've watched what happened. And what they saw is that the mice that received the high fiber diet Lived longer, less severe symptoms, and when they objectively measured how well their lungs worked, their lungs were better. And the the investigators were really taken aback because this was the opposite of what they thought would happen. It was literally the opposite. And the reason why is because they thought the fiber was anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory, like inflammation. We think of it as being bad because inflammation can cause heart disease or cancer or Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, right? But when you have an infection, inflammation is the fight. Inflammation is your immune system going to war. They thought that this would be a problem, that it was anti-inflammatory, and it proved to be wrong. It was actually ideal. And the reason why, they dug deeper. They said, why is this? What is the deal here? And when they dug deeper, what they discovered is that the fiber was being metabolized by the microbes, like we described earlier, to release short-chain fatty acids. And I said short-chain fatty acids have healing effects throughout our entire body, from our brain all the way through to our gut. They also affect our immune system. And here's what's cool. Like I said, you want optimal. Not more, not bigger, not stronger. You want optimal, you want precision. The short chain fatty acids helped to recruit more CD8 cells. These are the types of immune cells that basically fight the virus. So the short chain fatty acids brought more of the immune cells that we need into the battle to put up the fight. At the same time, the rest of the immune system, which we want to actually chill out, because we don't need it unloading its guns and kicking us into ARDS, The rest of the immune system, the short chain fatty acids, suppressed it and reduced it. So effectively what you saw is you saw dialing it up where you needed it and dialing it down where you didn't need it. And that is exactly what you want when your immune system is fighting this virus. There was a second study and I'll just summarize it by saying this. It was a different virus, also a respiratory virus called RSV they used conceptually the same formula, high fiber versus low fiber, and they saw the same result, which is that once again, because of short chain fatty acids, less virus and less symptoms as a result of the virus. So the point from my perspective is this, this is where I think it's really the important message, Matt, just to pull it all together for everyone listening. We wanna optimize our immune system. Our immune system is intertwined with our gut. We can optimize our immune system through our gut. If you eat the food that's healthy for your gut, you will be optimizing your immune system. Taking a supplement will not get a C minus immune system to an A minus, not by itself. You can't overcome a horrible diet that's predominantly processed foods and junky meat and cheese and expect that you're gonna make your immune system any A minus. Supplements may have their role, but there's a lot of hype. What really it needs to be is the basics, the fundamentals. Eat high quality, clean food, fruits, vegetables, whole grain seeds, and nuts. Do it in diversity. That's the number one predictor of a healthy gut. So from my perspective, I think that's gonna be the number one predictor of a healthy immune system too. And also do these things that you and I talked about. I completely agree with your holistic philosophy. I completely agree. Yeah, do the diet, but don't ignore everything else. Get your sleep, get your exercise, meditate, continue to spend time outdoors, do all those things. And then you are optimizing your immune system. And this, everything that we've just described, this is my book, it's the blueprint. You know, I didn't write the book for the virus. But if you actually look at the content of the book, if you read my book, you will see this book is the blueprint designed to optimize your gut. That's what it's really about. And if we're optimizing our gut, we're also optimizing for the immune system. So that's what Fiber Fuel is about.
0: That's amazing, man. What a what a great summary. I know that when you say that, if people are watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can pre-order the book, yes?
1: Yeah, you can pre-order the book on Amazon.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if the publishing company, will let you have it out early, but I, you know, I know from what I've, what I've seen out there is yeah, just, you know, some fear and panic. And so j- just for clarity um, you shared the fundamentals. Can you go a little bit deeper on some examples? So you're saying like fruits, uh, seeds and in your book, it gives you recipes. It gives you a shopping list. All that kind of stuff is super helpful. And yeah. so, um, you know, I had a friend of mine on, I think it was episode six, Adam Hart. And he does the power of food, and he was, I think he was diabetic, he was overweight, and he went down trying to figure out how to heal himself, and he did through food, and he found all the negative stuff, like, processed food is bad for you, like, everything I was eating is terrible, what, why is this being pushed down our throat, why are, you know, why is it so easy, convenient, and most of the food that we're eating, um is doing all of these negative things to our body uh messing with our minds uh, making us overweight slow anxious depressed all these different things messing with our gut now that i understand in a whole new way from this episode and so that change he said about the same thing um was uh, fruits nuts seeds legumes saying seeds were a big uh, missing point and so Mm -hmm. what would be an easy way for you to Help someone to start engaging in this diet. Maybe some simple recipes or a simple shopping list to say, hey, here you go. Because when I'm hearing you, all I'm going to do is buy an array of vegetables. I'm going to throw them together. I'm going to have no idea what to do with them. Um, and then I'm going to start eating them. So maybe you yeah. can give them a little bit of a like a help so we can start doing those things.
1: And that's such a fair point. And it's not enough. It's not good enough for me to say, hey, there's the path. Now go walk it. We need to actually give you the roadmap. And that's where you know my book actually inc- includes what I call the fiber-fueled four weeks, which is an entire four-week plan. And it's designed to be an experience, it's designed to teach you about yourself, identify where your food sensitivities are, and during the process of those four weeks, basically take you down this path where ultimately, it's not that I'm saying that after four weeks you are completely healed and you have no issues with your gut whatsoever. This is how you get started. And now you have 70 recipes Okay. And in those 70 recipes, you're going to find stuff that you love. Even if you don't do the formal program, even if you don't do it, I have 70 recipes. I have shopping lists. There's going to be food. Like I intentionally made sure that the food was delicious and of great variety. And I don't mean variety or diversity of plants. I mean, like food from around the world. Like you've traveled the world, you've seen all these different cultures, the different flavors, and you also have noticed that most food traditions include, number one, heavy on the plants, number two, fermented food. Every single tradition in human history, that's part of the tradition. So, and that's part of what you find in the book, um, are those recipes that are intentionally meant to be not that hard to put together delicious great for your gut incredibly healthy you know so it's all it's all in there and and basically primes hopefully for success for a lot of people
0: Awesome man yeah and I think that's super important it helps someone like me anyway to uh, know what to do, because otherwise, like I said, I'm going to mash all those things together. And I think that there's just so much misinformation now out there, right, with all the perfect diets. Uh, you know, you got keto, you got vegan, you got this, and, and you got that. But when you, when you understand it on, a, on another level, like what I learned today, again, just from understanding my gut, how I'm going to need to feed my gut, what I can do to do that, um, the percentages of food that I can put in there, it's going to, it gives me a whole new frame of reference. And so, what I wanted to ask is uh, you covered a lot today. And so when you were looking at um, people coming in, uh, getting them back to health, you know, we're, we're talking about stresses and things like that. It's a little bit of a di- diversion, but we talked to, I think uh, another struggle that I'm seeing out of this um, COVID thing is people's stress on finances and life. And, uh, mm. you know, I think from what I've seen, it's, it's coming back to people like l- looking at their mortality. Um, you know, oh my goodness, I could die, right? We don't have this, this permanent existence here. Uh, but also one of the other challenges is like, you know, is my health okay? But what am I, what am I doing in life? Like uh, having this time to reflect and because a lot of people are doing paycheck to paycheck. And so yep. we have our livelihood on the line. And so there's these mental stressors right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't go back to work. So I'm not doing I'm not running the same pattern. I'm at home, maybe I've got problems with the kids. Um, I got I got all these other things. And so stress is going to go up. And so from your perspective of just navigating this, because I know that you've probably got your own stresses going on in, in your world. Yeah. Um, how would you invite somebody who's going to be quarantined wherever they are in the world? i um, going through this, um, just from your perspective of how they might be able to handle that mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, through the diet, which what I've noticed also is that there's lots of fruits and vegetables still at the store, um, probably get yourself some extra rice and beans and things like that. But right now is a great opportunity to eat more fruits and vegetables if you have to go out and get your food. And so I'm just curious if you could give a little bit of that perspective, because I know that a lot of people are, are really stressed with what's happening. And, and I think that we're all in this together, you know, we're all yeah. going to get through it together. And, um, there's all these other factors at play too.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you hundred percent. And, you know, let me, um, let me let me just kind of speak real with, with everyone, which is that it is stressful. Like it's stressful for me too, you know, and I, and I um, have a background in epidemiology and I really understand everything that's kind of happening with all this. But I, I think that the important thing to focus on is that, like you said, Matt, we are going to get through this. This is a storm that will eventually pass. We're all like literally globally going through this together. And I really hope, number one, that one of the good things that comes from all this is that we stop looking at each other as like tribes. You know, um, it's time that we start looking at each other as human beings and like appreciating and and having love for each other just based upon the fact that we're human and we may be different from each other and that's okay. We should celebrate those differences. Differences are fun. They make the world interesting. But how do, we, how do we navigate this beyond just like recognizing that we're all in this together? I think that it's important to, number one, take care of your health. We, talk, we, we, we laid out you know, all the stuff, whether it's diet or these lifestyle elements. But I also think that it's having a healthy frame of mind. And so to me, um, to the best of my ability, I want to try to find the positives of a quarantine. And there are positives. And if you, if you stop fixating, because it's so easy for me to, fixating on the negatives and how my life has been disrupted, and you focus on some of the really nice things that this disruption has brought to you, there is value that exists. You just have to acknowledge that it exists instead of letting the bad stuff overwhelm you. So let me give you an example. I've been at home a lot more. With this book, you know, with everything that I'm doing, I work full-time as a GI doctor. Write a book on the side, trying to get that out there, trying to spread this message. Like, it has been nonstop for me. And I have two kids that I love. I love them more than anything. I love them way more than this book. And um, I've had a little more time at home this past week. It's stressful on one side because my work got shut down. But the flip side is my son and I are hanging out and he says to me yesterday, Daddy, you're my best friend. And it's like, Matt, you can appreciate this already as a dad. Moments like that, I'm I'm still going to be thinking about that, right? And that connection that exists between me and my son because of the extra time that I have to spend with him when he's at this like, special age, He's three, right? He's not gonna be three for long. And so finding the positives that exist, taking time for yourself, finding a way to make some lemonade out of the lemons here. It's unlikely that you're gonna make money off of this thing, right? It's highly unlikely that anyone's gonna be made, I mean, the people who are, uh, I don't know what to think of them. But money isn't everything. You know, and there's so much, I mean, really, truly life is about experiences. Life is about human connection. People who have a lot of money oftentimes are not very happy. And now is an opportunity to remind ourselves we're alive. There's air to breathe. There's rays of sunshine outside for us to enjoy. There are humans for us to connect with, even if we can't physically be there together. And, um, there is an opportunity for us to take care of ourselves and find that happiness. What do Amazing. you think? Amazing. Matt, what do you think, man?
0: Very beautifully put. Yeah. You know, from, from my perspective, uh, I think this is a huge wake up call for humanity. I think that what this, this really is, is an opportunity for us to reflect. I think if we look at our world values culturally and uh, through the different societies in the world, it's, it's very, um, you know, money-focused into the acquisition at the expense of other things. There's nothing wrong with wealth. You know, if you're providing a great service that many people want and you're receiving income or or a a payment for that, that's amazing. Good for you. But when we're cutting corners and we have sweatshops, we know about this. Um, Mm. I don't know if it's, I have to look it up. Please check this if you're listening, but it's two or 3 billion people of the 7 billion live under $2 a day. Uh, You know, when I was getting a, in a kind of an argument with a friend of mine, I said, Do you know 25,000 people a day die of starvation? Uh, COVID hasn't even got to 9,000, 10,000. It'll probably go up, but 25,000 a day has been happening for years, right? 9.1 million is the statistic. Did you care about that? Should we care about that? And that's for me, I remember being a teenager being pissed off about this, right? Yeah. And I was like, How, how, it didn't, it still blows my mind. How do we have so many multimillionaires, but nobody can give them rights? What, What systems are engaged that people are distracted and you go to, uh, you know, and and not even paying attention or care, but they might say, yeah, I care, but what can I do? And then you go to the first world developed countries, Canada, USA, and I go down to the border and I look at your um, media. I look at uh, it's so much more intense when you cross the border. Uh, And my background is studying a lot of psychology and persuasion. Right. So if I say, don't think about a pink cat, you think about a pink cat. But if I add a different story to that, don't think about a big gun coming in the middle of the night coming to get you. Well, it's scary now. And so Mm -hmm. what do you do when you're afraid? Right. That suppresses immune system. Then you don't you don't thrive in your environment. You don't have the courage to go out and be who you want to be. Do what you want to do. Trust your neighbor. Simple things. And so Mm -hmm. now you have this culture that that seems to be overweight, that they're unhappy and they're living paycheck to paycheck. We have mm-hmm. whole countries realizing that now. So we're free, quote unquote, working 40, 60 hours a week, right? Struggling through to get to that next thing. And so we have a lot of sickness in our culture, not not just physical, but mental, really mental, yeah. too, much, too much greed, too much uh, lack of understanding of what's important for life. Like even for you, you know I, I, uh, you know, I listen to your story and like, I know you're a good guy. You know, you're an awesome guy. But then you think about something like this is like, why do I have to work 40 or 60 hours a week? What if I could weave out 10 more hours a week where I get to spend with my kids? Why not? Why is it set up in this certain way? You know, yeah. and it's, so it's an opportunity for all of us to reflect on that, our healthcare systems, just the systems we have in the world. And, and what I hope is it, it makes us understand a global community, right? right? To really reflect on who we are, what yeah. have we been doing? Have we been uh, living in, I love the Buddhism frame of right livelihood right? Is what you're doing, you know, helpful or is it destroying the planet? But I understand why people do those jobs that destroy the planet and do all these things because they need to make a living and they need to eat. And it's kind of what they're able to do at that time. And so right. when we can look at this as a global community and start working together, you know, we, we bring right. together our scientists from different countries, our doctors from different countries, we promote information like yours, like this, just a simple understanding. Um, but that's not the mainstream. Right. We need these good, positive things that have scientific background, mindfulness, peer review without agenda behind them. But but right. are, the agendas are different. And the people with all those big uh, corporations have such an influence to be able to put that forward. You know, and right. so um, that's yeah. what I hope. I hope that this is a massive wake up call for humanity because. If we look at it and we look at the way things have been going, we need a checkpoint. And hopefully this is it saying it's kind of like, you know, I just watched a documentary on racing and uh, it was like Ford versus Ferrari, but it was a documentary. And so many people died. Racing was was a crap show and people were dying because as a species, we just get it and we go and we test and we die and die and die. And then it's like, okay, that was too much. We need to come back now. You know what I mean? We we acquired, we got, we got the maximum. Now we're getting checked by something, whether it's the planet, whether what it is, and say, okay, let's reassess all this. Let's use our technology. Let's use our culture. But we need to come back to the values here and build from there. Let's build a stronger base. So that's kind of what I see for now, and I I see this as an opportunity for a global awakening because, you know, you being a doctor you would know this, if you don't have your health in check, it's hard for you to do any of those other things, hard for you to think clearer, hard for you to uh, have joy, hard for you to have optimism, hard, hard for you to have a clear mind. And so if you're waking hmm. up stressed and you're have terrible health, how can you think of anything outside of yourself? Right. But if we're going to evolve here, we need to be thinking about our impact on our communities, on our families and on the world at large.
1: I, loved, I love what you just said, because I feel like one of the issues is we wake up in the morning we and we, we jump on the, we jump on this, the hamster wheel, you know? And we're all in this rat race and you're running on that hamster wheel and you're running on the hamster wheel just to pay your paycheck, like to pay your mortgage or to pay this or to pay that, right? And you're not getting anywhere. And it's like, for what? Is the hamster wheel making you happy? You know, and I mean, I think you, you bring up a lot of good points, Matt, which is that it, we need to revisit priorities revisit priorities and priorities need to be less about monetary or um uh physical things and should be more about social things and human connection and supporting each other and loving each other and you know and it's like life just passes you by while you're on this hamster wheel running Mm -hmm. you know next and then one day you wake up and your kids are grown this is what i'm always worried about honestly is is waking up one day your kids are grown And it's time for you to retire and they throw you like a cheesy little party that like six people attend and you walk away and you realize, fuck, I messed up, Mm -hmm. missed it, you know, missed all the important stuff and focused too much on the work that at the end of the day, no one cares, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, and that, it's it's exciting. Uh, I'm excited for you with, with, with um, you having a little one and the changes that are occurring with that. I mean, it's like the first time that you, like when your child is born, there's no love that exists on the planet that's as powerful as what you feel in that moment. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you, Matt, for having me on, man. I've really enjoyed hanging out and doing this conversation.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate you and, and I appreciate everything that you shared and, and especially at the end being able to um, just share so candidly your thoughts because I feel like, you know, that's what we need now. And, and one of the things that you shared today was authenticity. I think so many people are are wearing a mask and this presentation uh, of like who we think we are and all that kind of stuff, right? And And we just need to be authentic with each other. You know, if we're afraid, it's okay to be afraid, but how do we act in that fear? You know what I mean? Right. It's okay to be anxious, but how do we act in that anxiousness? You know, mm. and, and so, you know, and just to do your best, but to, to be real and honest. And so uh, I think that you do that and I think that you're doing good work and, you know, just what I've learned in this broadcast here of, of the power of what you're doing. I'm definitely on board with that because we need, you know, just clarity of mind. If, if the gut can do that, if it can boost your immune system, change your diet, help you feel better by losing weight, all of these different things people struggle with. And then that goes back to peace, you know, that the the body is the gateway to, really everything else. And that's what I learned through martial arts, mind, body, spirit. Luckily, right. It's been able to help me navigate life in all the way that I've experienced, which I feel has been very fortunate. You know, all the experiences I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, And, and it was because I had this understanding of my body and, and to take care of it. And so I feel like that was the base. If I didn't have that base, I wouldn't have the courage or the mindset or the clarity to do any of the things that like I felt inspired to do by my own standard. And that's what I hope for other people is like, what's important to you? What is success to you? What makes you happy? How do you feel good? Um, What do you need to do that? And um, it's always very basic things, you know? and so I think if we can get back to those basic principles and live them ourselves and just share them with other people, we're going to have a more empowering life experience. And so you know, I think that your work is super important. I'm definitely down to share however I can and get the word out there. Um, I know that this is just the beginning for you too and in, in what you're doing here because Uh, it's so important and so prevalent. And unfortunately, so many people suffer from this. And and medicine is uh, not that complicated. And so how do we engage in that medicine? How do we make that a cultural norm? You know, one of the things I'd love to do with uh, the book that I wrote, Zen Athlete on mental training for sport for kids is make that mainstream. So how do we just make um, understanding your gut and the power of it mainstream and just simple stuff? You know, all of this weave together, you're gonna get an incredible result, right? And then you know it. And so at least if you know it, you know if you're disregarding it. Right. You know what I mean, and then you yeah. have that choice too, and you have that option. And I think that we we don't have the um, the positive option is not up front and center and known. We have to go searching for it, and when you search for it, you find a lot of baloney. And so, if we can have you know proper research, scientific uh, method applied with people really just championing that message with clear. Action steps is going to help a lot of people. So thanks so much for everything. And uh, where you know any closing thoughts that you want to share? Anything you want to leave? I mean, with? I just want to
1: say, like, based on you know, bouncing off of what you just said, we we could probably keep going for another hour. But yeah, man. <laughs> um, the you know, just bouncing off of what you said when when I wrote this book, there were certain things that I felt had to be there, and so I felt responsibility to write a book that was completely grounded in the science and if, if you when you read the book i actually had to take the references this is true of robbie and cyrus's book to mastering diabetes they had so many references they had to remove it from the book and that's true for mine too i um at one point had over 800 ref, 800 references and now i have 600 and it took like The book is like an inch thicker because of the, all the reference pages in the back. So what we're doing is I'm actually taking it out and I'm putting it onto my website so that anyone who wants to check that out, it's important to me because I want everyone to know I'm not just making it up. Like this is, this is the science. This is what the science is showing us. And this is also the reason why when you read my book, you'll see that the people who are supporting me are the legitimate people actually who do this for a living, the legitimate microbiome researchers. So, but I wanted to take that science and I wanted to make it digestible. I wanted to make it something that people could actually enjoy reading. I didn't want it to be like, you have to like be prepared for some sort of thing that's gonna make you fall asleep. So I intentionally took that and I tried my best to make it fun, make it a little crazy, Give you studies like the diaper study you know, that are just like whoa, what's happening? And and also be it make it actionable. So that's why, like you know, we don't need to make it that complicated. How about one rule? How about one rule? Diversity of plants. Boom! I'm done. I'm out. Mic drop. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, amazing, man. That's it. Those are all the important things too. And kind of what you just summarized there, like to, to make it uh, fun and actionable. Right. And yeah. so same thing when I wrote my book, you have to help people be able to take an action. And so yeah. that's amazing, man. Well, I'm excited to uh, read it and get the copy. I know they meant to. I think it was, yeah, it was you guys. You're like, we'd love to mail one, but we can't now because the virus. So going to have to wait, yeah. um, but I'll get, get sure, a copy. Yeah. But I appreciate you and your work. Um, where can people find more about you? And if they want to dive deeper or do a little bit more research, where should they go?
1: Yeah. Um, so if you want, if you want to hang out with me, you can come to Instagram at the gut health MD. I have a website, the plantfedgut.com. Um, as I said, I'm going to be having all the references. I'm actually going to write like an entire, you know, the science of fiber fields, my book. So it's gonna be more than references. It's actually going to be like something that teaches you how to interpret and understand science as a layperson. Um, so that, that will be available on my website and then that's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like it's important. I couldn't put that in the actual book itself, but I think it's important for people to be able to sniff out like what is legit and what is hogwash
0: hundred percent, man.
1: So, and then, um, and then I also am, um, developing a like guide to COVID-19. It's not going to be too long. It's basically going to be though, like my recommendations for how to optimize yourself during COVID-19. So I'm developing that and that'll be on my website too. And, Last but not least, the book Fiber Fuels comes out uh, May 12th, and I also have a course that I'm developing that I'm excited to launch this summer.
0: Right on, man. Well, all that sounds awesome. Thanks so much for your work and your commitment, bro. I, I look forward to staying in touch, and uh, make sure when that COVID thing comes out, let me know, and I'll share it with my audience so they're, sure. they're armed with knowledge. Um, you're doing amazing work. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, yeah, man, we'll definitely stay connected.
1: All right, man. Appreciate it, brother.
0: Okay, see you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. Bye guys.